Again, welcome to New City. We're glad to have you with us this morning. Glad to see you. And uh, we are going to jump right in this morning to our uh, sermon. We're on week six in the um, sermon series, Holy Spirit. And uh, we're talking about the, the gift, gifts of the Holy Spirit this morning. So I want to pray for us um, because there is, boy, lots of baggage when it comes to differences in thoughts and opinions on spiritual gifts, and uh, we are a people of extremes, and uh, in our midst we probably have all of the extremes and everything in between. So we want the Holy Spirit to teach us this morning and to help us understand, shape us into the people that He wants us to be. And so uh, join me this morning in praying. Uh, and I'm asking if you would pray with me, not just listen to me pray. Would you pray with me for our time together? Yeah, thank you. Let's pray. Father, we, um, <laughs> I particularly... I need you to do a great work this morning. Um, I feel like the words are um, empty, and it's true that they pretty much are, apart from the work of your Spirit. And so uh, I pray that you would help me as we, as we go through a lot this morning. Uh, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be good to open our ears to hear the truth this morning and to um, have a better understanding of our, our good and gracious Father, to have a better understanding of the beautiful gift that you are to us, Holy Spirit, and the way that you show yourself in us and through us. Uh, boy, we, we, we need a lot this morning. Uh, so help us and shape us into the people that you want us to be for the good of, uh, of your people and for your glory. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so a lot of ground to cover this morning, and before we get to the gifts themselves, the spiritual gifts, have you all heard of spiritual gifts? Yes? Okay. All right, so um, as, we, as, we, as we get going, I, I want us to start with the purpose of the gifts, and that is for the good of one another. And this is an important foundational thing, like the, the, that's what the gifts are. Are about As we often do, I want us to start in the beginning this morning so that we can understand e even today the role that the spiritual gifts play. And so I want to go back to Genesis chapters 1 and 2. And in those chapters we see God creating, right? From nothing, God created everything. He spoke the heavens and the earth into being. Um, he spoke the earth into existence, and He spoke into existence all of the plants and animals and, and the seas and everything that is here on the earth. He created the garden, right? Particularly created the garden, uh, and He placed Adam in the garden uh, and then we read in chapter 2, verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now, what's interesting to me there is that in chapter 1, when we read the days of creation, at the end of day 1, it says God looked at his creation and it was good. Day two, he looked at his creation, and it was good. And we go through all of the days that way, but when we come to the creation of humanity and the creation of Adam, we don't read that it is good. Instead, we read that it is not good. It is not good that Adam should be alone. Uh, God said, I will make him a helper. And what we need to understand is that Adam was not complete on his own. Adam was not complete on his own. For, for the mission that God had given him, and God had given Adam a, a, a mission, there was a, a mission that God had in mind to be accomplished on the earth. The garden was to be expanded. The boundaries of the garden were to be expanded. Um, Adam was to rule and subdue the earth, and, and the earth was to be filled with image bearers of God. Now, in, in more ways than one, Adam could not accomplish that on his own. Adam was incomplete, and God knew it. Adam did not have all that he needed. He needed a helper, someone who could do the things that Adam was not created to do, the things that Adam could not do. 
someone with different talents and abilities than Adam had, and that was Eve. God created Eve to, to help, to come alongside, to complete Adam, to help Adam. Adam needed Eve. Eve needed Adam. It was only together that they could fulfill the tasks given to them and the mission that God had set aside for them. Now, in our culture, we are very individualistic people, and um, whether it's intentional or not, direct or indirect, um, we are taught and we often teach that, that you don't need anyone else. You can do it on your own, right? You, you, you can do anything that you set your mind to, and you don't need anyone else. That's what we're taught, and that's a lie. We do need other people. God did not create us to be individuals who, who take care of everything themselves and live in their own silo and, and alone. There are, there are weaknesses that each one of us has, but, but the good news is that God has given us others with strengths for our weaknesses. And so there are others around us who strengthen us in our weak areas, and we, we strengthen others in their weak areas. And even when we are together, you and I, there are still weaknesses that we have, but God has created a people, a community of people, to strengthen you and I in the weaknesses that we have. We were created this way. This is the way that God made us. We are incomplete on our own. And we see that in Genesis, in the way that things were created, but we see that in the New Testament as well. I want to read some verses from Romans chapter, uh, chapter 12, beginning in verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Now, here as well as in 1 Corinthians 12, and these are really the, the places we're going to spend our time today, is Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4. But in all of those, we read about the spiritual gifts, and in all three passages, there is a common image, and it is the image of the human body. The human body is compared to the local church body. And I do believe primarily that Paul had in mind the local church body in, in these passages. But, but Paul is comparing the church body um, to the human body. Paul says that there are many members and, and all of them are different, each with its own function, working together, having different gifts, making up this one body, just like the human body, with all the parts that make up this one body. Now, Paul says that pretty outrightly in 1 Corinthians 12. He says in verse 4, Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each, to each member in the body, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each in the body of Christ is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and it is for the common good, for the common good of the whole body. Ephesians 4, verse 16, the second part, Paul writes... When each part is working properly, it makes the whole body grow so that it builds itself up in love. When each of us, all of the members in the body, are, are working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. God gives us what we call spiritual gifts for the good of others in the body, for the building up of one another and the building up of the church, the body of Christ. Again, 
primarily these gifts that Paul is, is, is writing about are, are I, I think, speaking of and in the context of the local church. Now, I want you to, to think about that in terms of the good news, right? We talk about the gospel a lot, and in a sense, the good news is, is very much, as Paul summarized it, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. There, in, in this gift of Jesus, um, we find our salvation, right? He lived the life that we can't live. He died the death that we deserve because of our sin. On the third day, he was raised from death, defeating death and sin and Satan. But, but, but after his resurrection, and his ascension to the Father, the good news doesn't end. It continues as Jesus sends. We've talked about this in the last few weeks. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to be with us. And this is good news, that the Holy Spirit is with us. We are incomplete on our own. We need each other. And the Father has sent by Jesus the Holy Spirit. And we are given as a gift indwelt by the Spirit to one another for the common good of the body. Are you with me? We are incomplete on our own. We need each other, and God has graciously brought us together for the good of one another. One more thing before we um, get to the gifts themselves. That is the foundation of the gifts, and that should always be humility and love. Right? The foundation for the gifts they're built on or the context that we should see them operating, humility and love. They should always be practiced in humility and love. If you have a spiritual gift or you know someone who has a spiritual gift and there is a pride about this gift, well, that's out of order. That is not the way that God intended it to be. If, if you are using a spiritual gift for your own good and your own glory, then, then that too is out of order. That is not the way that, that God intended. That is not how the gifts are to be used. That's a misuse of need for the break. For the grace, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. It's after that that Paul gets into the spiritual gifts, and he mentions the spiritual gifts, um, but he says, don't think more highly of yourself than you should in the context of the spiritual gifts. Paul's talking about humility. In, in those next verses, after that verse, he talks about, um, about the gifts, and then in verse 9, he says, let love be genuine. So, so the, the, the bookends of the spiritual gifts in this passage are humility and love. The place that the spiritual gifts operate are humility and love. In 1 Corinthians 12, we see the same thing. Paul talks about the gifts in, in relationship to one another in the body and how the body functions together. And Paul says there is, is no gift in the body that is unimportant. We need every spiritual gift in the body for the body to function as God intended it to function. Every gift is needed, and God gives graciously to the body every gift that is needed. He calls for unity, Paul does, unity and humility in the gifts. And then after talking about some of the specific gifts and, and calling the Corinthians to actually desire those gifts, Paul writes at the end of chapter 12 in verse 31, and I will show you a, a still more excellent way. The more excellent way Paul spells out in chapter 13, and we call chapter 13, who knows, what, what do we call that chapter? The, the love chapter. The love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. Y'all have heard those verses, right? And so once again, the, the, the spiritual gifts come sandwiched in this, in this notion that they should be practiced with all humility and with love to one another. Ephesians 4, same thing. Paul launches into the gifts in Ephesians 4. We'll look at them in a minute. But Paul writes, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, verse 1, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in what? In love. 
in love. Humility and love, those are the foundations for the gift in all three of the major passages that are dealing with the spiritual gifts. There is no room for pride and for self-glory. No room for pride and self-glory when it comes to the gifts. The gifts that we receive are not actually for us. The gifts that we receive are not really about us. The gifts that we receive are about our gracious Father who is providing for us and through us for others around us. It's not about, about us as much as it is the people, the people who we are a part of this body with. It's not about how, how special that we are in whatever the gift is that we have. It's about how gracious our Father is to give us good gifts to meet every lack that the body has. That's what the spiritual gifts are about. We need each other, and God has given us graciously each other and all that we need. So the purpose of the gifts, the good of one another. The foundation of the gifts, humility and love. Now, let's talk about the gifts themselves. The gift and the gifts. That's where I want to start because I think this is important as well. Uh, Looking at 1 Corinthians 12 again, beginning in verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Just remember that. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions or gives to each one individually as he wills. Paul mentions several things here in verse 8, the utterance of wisdom, uh, utterance of knowledge, verse 9, faith, healing, working, working of miracles, prophecy. But listen, those are not really the gift. And this is super, super important. Those are not really the gift. The gift is mentioned in verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now stick with me on this. The gift is the Holy Spirit. The gracious gift that every believer receives is the Holy Spirit. We read this from Paul in Ephesians 1, verse 16. On the day that we hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and we believe in him, Paul says, we are sealed in the Spirit until the day of our redemption. Jesus tells us the Holy Spirit indwells us and is with us forever. God dwells with us by His Spirit until the day of our final redemption when we stand face to face with our Father. The Holy Spirit is the real gift. The gifts are manifestations of the Spirit within us. The things that we call spiritual gifts... A few of those that that I just mentioned, those gifts are, are really the Holy Spirit who indwells us, manifesting Himself, showing Himself in us and through us. The gift is the Spirit. What we call the gifts is the Spirit within us manifesting Himself. He is the gift. Now, I I was trying to think of an illustration. For those of you who have been around New City for very long, you know I'm usually pretty terrible at illustrations. So don't put a lot of hope in this one. But my son Elijah is, is uh, getting a car stereo. This was like for his Christmas, birthday, whatever. And, and so he is getting a, a car stereo for his amazing 2009 Subaru Impreza. The gift that he is getting is the stereo. Right? He, he, we are going to go and buy this stereo. That is the gift, and it's going to be installed in his car. The manifestation of the gift will be the music that fills his car when he turns it on. Are you with me? 
You experience the sounds because of the presence of the stereo that's in his car. And that's the way it is with us. The gift that we receive is the Holy Spirit. And we experience and others experience the presence of the Spirit in us through his manifestation of himself. And he does that through the spiritual gifts. We as believers all have this beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit, and therefore we all have a spiritual gift or perhaps many manifestations of the Spirit in our lives. I promise we're getting to the spiritual gifts. What are the actual spiritual gifts? What are the specific gifts? A couple more things. I want to say this, I think is is very important as well. There are many well-studied men and women who believe that there are some spiritual gifts that have ceased to exist. And there are, there are people at New City who believe that there are some spiritual gifts that have ceased to uh, exist. I do not agree with them. And it is a subject that is debated because the the Bible doesn't say um, with great clarity. And so uh, I don't agree that the spiritual gifts have ceased to exist. I grew up in the Baptist church. Um, How many of you have taken spiritual gift tests? Let me see a hand. Yes. I don't know about your spiritual gift test, but in the Baptist churches that I grew grew up in, they all lacked the miraculous gifts. Like there was no option for the gift of tongues or the gift of healing. It just didn't exist. Why? Because in the Baptist church, they traditionally believed, most Baptist churches, that the spiritual gifts, many of them, the miraculous gifts, had ceased. I don't think the Bible supports that, okay? But I do want you to know that I recognize there are different beliefs uh, even here in, in New City Church. Second, as, and this is going to be an important one as we talk about the spiritual gifts, as our missional communities might gather and talk about the spiritual gifts, as much as I would like for the Bible to give us a clear definition on what each one of the spiritual gifts is, hear me, the Bible doesn't do that. Now, I believe that when Paul was writing to these different churches and, and he said a spiritual gift, utterance of wisdom, utterance of knowledge, prophecy, when, when Paul said that, the churches knew immediately what Paul was talking about. But because Paul doesn't give us a definition of those things, then we're left to try to figure it out, and, and so there is room and margin here for a difference of opinion on what those gifts mean. So we won't spend a lot of time talking about most of these gifts and what they mean because I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know. And the reason I don't know is because the Bible doesn't tell me. And so it would just be my my best estimate and speculation when it comes to any of them. So I want to make sure that we we have that right um, as we go into this. Now, what are the spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible? I want to read these passages uh, again and, um, and then talk about each of the gifts that we see in those passages. Uh, Romans 12, verse 3, For by the grace given to me I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members... And the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity... The one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. I'll stop right there. I want you to understand that what was important for Paul in saying this was not defining what those gifts were, as I just mentioned, but urging the body to function together as one body and everyone, as you have received the Holy Spirit, to be a part of the body working together. There there are no spectators. That's what Paul is saying. There are no spectators in the church. 
We are all given a gift, as Paul says, to be used in the body for the good of the body. And, and, and if you have this gift and you are a part of the body, if it is serving, then serve. That's what Paul is saying. Right? Be involved. So, so the gifts that he mentions, prophecy. This one I do want to say something about because I'm going to, I'm going to say something in a few minutes. Um, the Bible doesn't exist what prophecy means in the New Testament. There are a lot of different opinions on that. Um, I tend to fall with close to around this definition given by Sam Storms, um, and this is what he writes, um, that, that prophecy is the human report of divine revelation. Prophecy is the speaking forth in merely human words of something God has spontaneously brought to mind. So prophecy is being defined here as not necessarily foretelling the future that is going to happen, as we see often in the Old Testament and sometimes in the New Testament as well, right? It's the Holy Spirit giving us the notion to share something with someone. It is a revelation from God. So prophecy. Service is mentioned. Man, some people are just supernaturally empowered to serve. Let them hear that there is a need and they are willing to serve. They are going to step up and serve wherever it is. Teaching. Teaching. There, there are teachers and then there are supernaturally gifted teachers where the Holy Spirit is working through the teaching. That's what Paul is talking about. Exhortation, that's the encouragers. Giving or, or contributing. There are people who are empowered by the Spirit to just be generous, gracious givers. And they, they freely and graciously wealthy people who are good givers. That's what we sometimes tend to think. And then we look at ourselves and say, I'm just, I'm just not wealthy enough yet. That's not the case at all. These people who are gifted by the Spirit in giving, they give whether they have a lot or a little. They're just giving people. Paul mentions leading, acts of mercy. That just means people who show a lot of mercy. Um, and, and then from, from, from 1 Corinthians 12, moving to Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 11, it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ." So here in Ephesians 4, it's a little bit different, and it seems that Paul is writing about gifted officers in the church or gifted offices in the church, and not so much about all of the, the gifts that we were just talking about. But these, these people and offices are given to lead the church to grow in loving and following Jesus. That they lead the church to grow in living, uh, living out their faith, more and more taking on the image of Christ that we should all bear. And this is what, as, as the members of the body are equipped to serve and to serve one another, this is what builds up the body in love, the body building itself up in love. Um, all right, so, so uh, apostles, he says. This is one of, the, one of the offices or officers that are mentioned, apostles. Quickly on this one, because there's controversy on this one too. Um, there, there are two ways to see the word apostle. I do it this way. Big A apostle, that's the handful of men who saw Jesus, walked with Jesus, and they were taught by Jesus. That's the big A apostles. But there are also in the Bible mentioned little A apostles. And the little A apostles did a lot of the same work as the big A apostles in that they were a, a part of leading that first church in, in new works and planting new churches in, in oversight of the church and all of that. So so the Bible talks about those two different kinds of apostles. We've already talked about prophets, so number nine is evangelists. The Holy Spirit gives some gifts some people in powerful ways. They just love to share the gospel, to tell people about Jesus, and call them to love and follow Jesus. Not all of them, but some, like Billy Graham. Billy Graham was a Holy Spirit-gifted evangelist. When he would preach and share the gospel... Man, I, I, 
countless thousands of people would hear the message and they would come to follow Jesus. I could, I could give that same message and no one come to follow Jesus. And the reason is because it, the message is important without a doubt. It's the good news of the gospel. But he was a, a supernatural, Holy Spirit-empowered evangelist, and that's how the Spirit manifested himself through Billy Graham. Shepherd is number 10. Shepherd, this word is often used in pastoring, but it's not limited to the lead pastor. It's not limited to being an elder in the church. We shepherd one another. We care for one another. It's caring for the flock that is the church. Teacher, we've already talked about, so let's go to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit. Spirit who apportions to each one, each member in the body individually as he wills. So going through this list, the first one is utterance of wisdom in verse 8. This is, I believe, just godly wisdom. You know, there are people around us who just seem to have wisdom. And, and they are wise people. It's speaking God's wisdom. It's the application of God's Word to our life. Utterance of, of knowledge. Um, I think this is primarily people who just have this incredible recall of God's faith. Now, we are all called to have faith, right? But, but tell me, have you known people or do you know people right now who, who just seem to have this incredible faith? Like their faith is just huge. Do you know people like that? Yeah? Well, that's a spiritual gift. Like we are all called to have faith and to walk in faith, trusting in God without a doubt. But there are some people that just have this supernatural faith to believe whatever God says. Incredible. Healing is mentioned. Healing is mentioned. Again, that's one that's not on the, on the SBC list for um, spiritual gifts. But healing is, is listed, and I believe God still heals. He's not done healing, and I believe that God often does that as we, as we lay hands on someone and pray that God would heal them. The Holy Spirit still heals, and, and I believe that. Miracles. Now, th this one, we don't know for sure what miracles mean. It doesn't mean healing because he just talked about healing. So, so it may mean other miracles, other miracles like Jesus turning the, the water into wine. Or in Acts uh, chapter 13, the apostle Paul causing someone or the Spirit through him causing someone to go blind. Miracles, Wayne Grudem defines um, as a less common kind of God's activity in which he arouses people's awe and wonder and bears witness to himself. I believe that God still does miracles. And I believe he does that as well through the prayers of his people and the actions and activities of his people. I don't think he's done with miracles. Distinguishing of spirits. Distinguishing of spirits, um, that is someone who just has this sense. Is this, is this the Spirit of God working? Is this a demonic spirit working? Is this someone's flesh? I, I think there are people who can feel, who can sense, I don't know another word, uh, the spirits, and, and, and even darkness and lightness in a place. That's what distinguishing of spirits is. Tongues. Man, this one, this one gets us in all kinds of trouble. Tongues. Hear me on this. When it comes to tongues, like we want to argue things, well, it was, we just read in Acts, it was the languages of the people. Well, it was there, but there are lots of other places that tongues is mentioned, and it's not that. 
right? So, so we read um, last week, we talked about Acts chapter 2 and, and the tongues that were spoken there, and, and they related to the languages of people from different nations. So they were actually hearing their language, right? It's like, I don't know Spanish, and it would be like me speaking right now and you hearing it in Spanish. That's what was happening in Acts chapter 2. These people were speaking all of this, these languages that they did not know that they could not speak. So, so in one sense, that is the way tongues is used, but there are other senses as well. Um, many people interpret Ephesians 6.18 to be when Paul talks about praying in the Spirit, to be praying in tongues. Uh, similarly, in Romans 8.26 and 27, um, some people interpret that to be praying in tongues as well, the groaning of our spirit when we don't know what to pray. Uh, without a doubt, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul specifically mentions praying in tongues. So, so tongues, a, a language, like a language that people hear and know, yes. Also, is it a prayer language? It seems that maybe it is a prayer language. In 1 Corinthians chapter um, 14, I think it's chapter 14, the church, though, in, in 1 Corinthians, um, they, they spoke in tongues a lot. It seemed to be a huge part of, of their their, their ser, uh, service. They spoke in tongues a lot, and it was not always good. And they, they got in, in, into trouble with Paul because of misuse and abuse of the spiritual gift that God had given them. But it seems like there was some sort of angelic language in the church that was spoken that no one understood, including the person who was speaking it. And so God provided the gift of an interpreter. And so Paul tells the church, listen, if you're speaking in tongues and there's no interpreter, what a waste. You're just confusing people. Don't do it. But if there's an interpreter, right? And so we have this language, and then we have this interpreter who is telling people what this person just said and doing that for the edification and for the building up of the body. So that's tongues. Those are the different ways that tongues um, is used in the New Testament. Tongues and interpretation of tongues. Uh, again, um, the interpretation of tongues, a very important part uh, of tongues being spoken in the church. Um, I don't think, just, I just want to say this, right? Just, I can, so I am. I, I don't think that a lot of what we see in, in churches and on TV today is, is, is genuine speaking in tongues. Uh, it is not something that you can be taught like you can't be taught the gift of healing. Either the Holy Spirit comes and heals or does not. And tongues is the same way. Uh, my parents were a part of a church for a while. I hope they don't mind me saying this. Were a part of a church for a while. And in that church, they believed anyone who became a believer had to speak in tongues or they weren't a genuine believer. My word. That is not biblical. And it's sad and it's scary and it's forcing people to pretend things that aren't true and it's forcing them to question their own salvation. So, so I don't believe that everything that we see and everything that we hear is genuine. Lastly, I think that, and I've sort of mentioned this, that, that there is a context for tongues and exercising that gift, and that context matters. Is it a small group? Is it a large group? Uh, is it a group of believers? Is it a group of unbelievers? And certainly, do we have an interpreter who, who is there when it comes to tongues? And so, folks, what I'm just telling you is what the Bible says. That's all. If we skip down uh, in 1 Corinthians 12 to verse 27, we pick up another section of the gifts. Several of them here are re repeats, but not all of them. So we add from verse 28 the gift of helping, the gift of helping. Um, these are people who are just always ready, willing, and able to help. Kind of like serve, the, the gift of serving. Helping is just, man, I just want to help. I'll, here, I'm, I'm in. Whatever you're doing, I am your helper. What a, what a, what a beautiful gift. Always willing, ready, able to help. Um, administration. Administration is another gift. Uh, I think that what Paul has in mind here is those people who are especially gifted at organizing. 
um, at organizing and taking care of all of the details in things, thinking about all of those details, making that checklist and having all of the details there, that is not me. So I am especially thankful for the people who have this gift. It is amazing to me. Now, there are other gifts that are mentioned in some other places. I'm not going to read those passages, but the gift of hospitality. Um, and that hospitality is, is both hospitality with our brothers and sisters, but oftentimes in both the Old and the New Testament, hospitality is for strangers, for those who not, are not a part of the body of Christ. Um, the, the gift of being a missionary. Um, those people who go to foreign places. This is, this is the missionary that I think primarily um, uh, the Bible has in mind here. Uh, the gift of celibacy, that is a gift. And, and then the gift of martyrdom, right? Everybody wants that one, the gift of martyrdom. Those are the gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament on the Holy Spirit. If I, if I skipped one somewhere, forgive me this morning. Here's the truth. It's not an exhaustive list. Remember when we talked about the Holy Spirit working in the Old Testament? And some of that was with curtain makers. The Holy Spirit specially uh, endowed them. They were already curtain makers. They, they already were, were metal workers. And the Holy Spirit came on them and, and gave them this supernatural manifestation that through them, the curtains they made were like no curtains anybody made. And the way that they worked metal was more amazing than anyone had ever seen. So I don't think that this list that we are given, these lists that we are given in the New Testament, are an exhaustive list at all. So here's what I want to do um, moving forward. I, I want to I summarize everything that I talked about real quickly this morning, and then I want to celebrate, goodness gracious. Um, Last week we saw that Jesus connected the coming of the Holy Spirit with God's mission of redemption and restoration. Remember that? The Holy Spirit and the mission of God, um, making disciples, uh, Matthew 28, the Great Commission, and teaching them. Now, largely last week we talked about how the Holy Spirit empowered us to make disciples and, and teach disciples to, to love and follow Jesus. When it comes to making disciples... Last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit um, doing the heavy work for us. It was the Holy Spirit that goes before us, and all we do is share the gospel. We tell people about Jesus. The Holy Spirit has softened their hearts. The Holy Spirit has given them a new, a new heart to receive the message of the gospel. The Holy Spirit opens their ears to hear, their eyes to see. The Holy Spirit does the hard work. All we do is share the gospel. It's the Holy Spirit who brings conviction of, of sin and, and righteousness righteousness and judgment. We just share the gospel. So when it comes to the mission and sharing the gospel and seeing people come to love and follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit goes before us and the Holy Spirit does the work. We talked about that. Now, when it comes to the second part of the Great Commission, that's really largely what today is about. That part of helping one another grow up to love and follow Jesus more and more, that's the second part, teaching them to obey. The Holy Spirit does the hard work in that. The Holy Spirit is, is the one who is doing the convicting and all the things just like with unbelievers. But the difference is within the body, God has, by the Holy Spirit, equipped us to take care of everything that we need with one another, to see one another grow up more and more to love and follow Jesus. The gifts that we, we call the spiritual gifts they are the Holy Spirit manifesting himself in us for the building up of the body of Christ, for the common good, for the common good, for the good of one another. The Holy Spirit is helping us to complete what is lacking in each one of us so that, like Adam and Eve, together we can carry out the mission of God. Does that make sense? I hope so. Whatever the body is lacking, Paul says, God takes care of by his spirit, right? So that's sort of a summary of today. Here's what I want to celebrate. I am so thankful to God for the way that the spirit manifests himself here at New City through you guys. I am, I am thankful beyond words. When, when I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention some people that came to mind uh, this week as I was working on this. Listen, 
I, I want you to hear this because I don't want you to take it for granted. I think we walk through our life taking for granted the work of the Spirit, and we do that in the church. We take for granted the gifts of the Spirit. We don't even see them. We ignore them, and I don't want us to do that, right? So I thought through many of the gifts and and the people that came to mind, and if I thought longer, there would be more people that come to mind. I think that even as I'm I'm looking out now, but I'm going to go through this. Uh, When I think of the gift of service... I think about a lot of you. Y'all, our church does a great job of serving. Most churches, the rule is 20% of the people do 80% of the work. It is not so at New City Church. We have a a great group of of servants, some that came to mind. Bill and Melinda McGinnis, um, Kayla and Branda Blades, Jana and Tony Moore, just incredible servants. Like if they hear there is a need, they are, they are jumping to fill whatever that need is. So many of y'all do that. In kids' areas, somebody gets sick and there's a, a last-minute need and y'all jump in and you serve. Same with our Connect team, jumping in and serving. So many of y'all do this so, so well. Uh, willing to step out on the Connect team and with kids as well. Y'all are gifts to New City Church. This is the Holy Spirit at work in you and through you to build up the body of Christ here. So I am thankful for you. When I think of the gift of exhortation, especially that encouragement side of things, Tony Moore, man, you are an incredible encourager. If you all don't know Tony, you should meet Tony and just let him encourage you every Sunday. It is a beautiful gift every Sunday. It doesn't matter how bad my sermon is. Tony says, man, that was incredible today. Like, Tony's the only one that tells me that. I love Tony. An encourager. God has given us a lot of encouragers here at New City Church. Chris and Mary Beth Wood, uh, Matt and Caitlin Cobb, you guys are incredible encouragers. Uh, I won't name names on this one, but when it comes to having gracious givers at New City, and there are so many of you guys that I think about who will just give anything that you have. You, you, give, you give food, you give clothes, you give money, it doesn't matter. You are just incredible givers. Whether you have a lot or whether you have a little, whether it is giving to the church or giving to another ministry or, or just giving to families and individuals, you guys blow my mind. It, it is incredible. Joey Olivier, if you want to find somebody who has the gift of, of mercy and acts of mercy, spend a little time with Joey. Um, Stephen DeGeorge, Christy Freeman, I think same thing. Dan Martin is someone who has the gift of evangelism. He just loves talking to people about Jesus, loves sharing the gospel with them. Wendy Wood is another one that came to mind on that. Um, Greg Wood and, and Adam Crosby in their desire and ability to shepherd the people of New City Church, incredible. And it's not just them, it's their wives as well. Wendy Wood, um, Amanda Crosby, man, they just, they love to shepherd people. They want to shepherd people. They walk with people through all sorts of mess, just like shepherds do. An incredible gift to New City Church. Um, the, the, the gift of extraordinary faith. There are more people that I could mention here, but the Stranges, um, man, they come to mind on that. The Walters, the Emersons, Gary and Jen Wilson. I mean, these are people that I just see in, in, in y'all's lives. I see the Spirit granting you gracious faith to take steps of faith that a lot of people would never take. And that is the Holy Spirit working in and through you. The gift of helps. Man, I love these people. I love people with the gift of helps. I love you. Brian and Carrie Whitehead, first people that came to mind for me. Always helping everywhere and anywhere. They have the gift of helps. And it's, it's, it's not just them. The Hobbs, Justin and Maddie, Lindsay Hoyt. I mean, these people are just whatever it is. They are willing, ready, able, and they're jumping in to do it. Knowledge and wisdom. Through the years, man, we have had some incredible people. Some still with us at New City. Some who have spent some time here and moved on to other places that God has sent them. But the knowledge and wisdom that, that I've received through the years, absolutely incredible. Even prophecy, right? Like I know some of you are like, prophecy, that one's gone. You're one of the where prophecy in the sense that I shared with you earlier, where, where 
just to give you an example of what I'm talking about, where the Lord, somebody senses that the Lord is, is telling them to share something and they come and share it with me. There are a couple of guys in our church um, who, who do this very regularly, and I am thankful for them. Clint Strange, Paul Harlan, I am thankful because they will come, just as an example, they will come and say, not, not all the time, enough. They come and say, hey, when I was praying today, Keith, I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you um, the direction you're headed is right. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Um, Clint Strange shared that. I'm just going to tell you, shared something along those lines with me one time. He was like, I don't have any idea what that means or what the Lord's trying to communicate. I, I hope that's helpful to you. And I said, it is. Thank you. And, and we never talked about it again, I think. Well, that was when we were at a time pursuing the building that we've purchased and we're getting ready to renovate. And man, I was, I was all over the place worried that, that we were not headed in the right direction on it. I'm praying, I'm doing my best to follow the Lord. And Clint, out of the blue, one day just says, hey, I felt like the Lord wanted you to know. Nobody even knew that we were working on the building. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I take that as grace from the Lord an encouragement from a brother. Just to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. You're walking the right direction. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Paul Harlan, the same. Gift of administration, oh my word, y'all. I don't know where we would be if, if we didn't have some administratively gifted people. Amanda Christopher comes to mind in the office. We would be in a mess without Amanda Christopher in, in the office taking care of administrative things. Amy, when it comes to the financial things, you all do not want me trying to do administrative things. We would just be in a mess. So I am incredibly thankful for them and the work that they do. Hospitality, holy moly, we could probably name every one of our MC leaders and host homes. You guys who do such an incredible job of welcoming people in the parking lot, when they pull in, you're smiling and you're, you're waving and you're cracking jokes and and you're carrying umbrellas, and when people come inside the building and, and you, you see the, the first-time visitor, let me tell you, this is how you know it's a first-time visitor. They come up the stairs or they walk in the front door and they immediately do this. Holy cow, that's a visitor, right? You know that's a visitor. You guys do an incredible job of welcoming them. That's hospitality, welcoming them in, making them feel like family, like they belong here. Thank you. That's the Holy Spirit at work in you and through you. All right, I could keep going, but we're out of time. When I talk about this with the men's cohort every year, um, I always say something along the lines of this. We, all, we often think of spiritual gifts in these big, supernatural um, the things we argue about ways, right? Whether it's tongues or not tongues, whether this gift has ceased or that gift. And we get so caught up on the miraculous and whether it was real and, and genuine or whether somebody was, was faking it or whatever. And that's where our argument lies. And, and we miss, we miss all the ways the Holy Spirit is manifesting himself in our presence. What a shame. What a shame that we don't see the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit to this body through all the helpers and servants we have, through, through the administrators that we have. What a shame. God is doing incredible things, and the Holy Spirit manifests himself in our midst every single week, and I don't want you to miss it. I don't want us to be a people who take that for granted. We could, we could go on and on and on, and probably you've had people that come to your mind as we've talked about those things. God has been so good to us, and His Spirit is so gracious here at New City Church. Thank you, New City Church, for letting God use you. And listen, if you have been sitting, if you have been sitting, I'm praying the Holy Spirit would convict you today. This is a call for you to, to serve in, in, in the gift that the Holy Spirit has given you. Not sure what that gift is? Just start serving and the Holy Spirit will manifest himself. I promise. I promise. So it's a call. This is a call this morning. It's a call to community. We are lacking if you're not a part of this body. It's an encouragement to those of you who are already in community. It's a call for you to serve. It's an encouragement and a thanks to all of you who do serve. Let's pray. 
Father, thank you. Thank you for this beautiful gift of the Spirit. Thank you for the countless ways, Holy Spirit, that you manifest yourself through your people. You are good and gracious, and you provide everything that we need. Father, I pray that we would be a church that doesn't take that for granted, but sees the beauty of the Spirit in, in each of us. Help us to be that church. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.